Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again, and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have a waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowl Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Commas by Bravo. Hey, is. Hi, Em. I am so relieved that Beverly Hills is over. Yeah, I'm done. Like this cycle that we always talk about when you're so burned out by the end of the season is really hitting hard right now because this was a absolutely exhausting season, but also reunion. When Kyle was like, please, I can't stay for the toast. That's how I felt. I was like, like, me either. I was like, get me home. I got to take my dress off, my heels off. I don't want to do a carcass out toast. I got to go to sleep. Right. I was like taking off my imaginary fake eyelashes. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't even know where the fuck to start. And I also know... Not everyone's on the same page about this. Like I I have been consuming social media all morning just trying to get different gauges and different opinions. And I would say the general consensus is like Rin is in the wrong. But other than that, people have different opinions on the dynamic between Kathy and Kyle. The best way I could describe the whole situation is that it has completely unraveled. Like there's no just story and fight anymore. It is so complex and complicated and has so many layers to it, including the Hilton Richards family shit, which like God knows we could go on that for 10 hours. And then just like from Rinna's side and also what went down in the details and like things that they don't bring up on the reunion and the press and the aspect that the show plays and This reunion, as happy as I am for it to be done, it could have been eight parts. It could have been 10 parts and we would not have even scratched the surface. No, I know. I mean, listen, the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned, is that something absolutely went down in Aspen. I think Rinna has deeply exaggerated it because she, in her mind, has the benefit of actually not having cameras. I do think it was bad. No part of me thinks that Kathy didn't have a meltdown. I don't think it was as bad as Renan was describing. And I also think that even if it was, to say that none of them has freaked out in that way is just untrue. But the real issue is the aftermath and the way that it was dealt with. And clearly, 
I mean, as long as Rinna is going to maintain involvement in any of this, and this is, of course, just like the tip of the iceberg because there's so much deeply rooted between Kathy and Kyle. But as long as Rinna will somehow remain involved, there will never be peace. Because what Kathy was pretty much looking for Kyle to do this reunion was 100% take her side, shut it down, not even really acknowledge it. Kyle was unwilling to do that. And to me, it's like there's it's a no-win situation. I think Kathy wanted Kyle there in front of everybody to say, Rena, we're done. I'm washing my hands of you. We cannot be friends anymore. Like she wanted her to go to fucking bat for her, which by the way, I don't like necessarily blame her for that. I think that that's what she was looking for and the only way she would forgive her. She's a little bit harsh for sure. I just think that the whole situation and people's views on it range from Kathy literally did nothing. They got in the van nicely went home and went to sleep and that Rinna and maybe Erica like made this whole thing up. And then the other end of the spectrum is that like Rinna is completely telling the truth and Kathy is just trying to cover it up. It falls somewhere in the middle. I think, I think Kathy was subtly very much owning that she did have some sort of like freak out meltdown. She was very upset but it was a huge exaggeration for Rinna to say she was abused. She had to lock her door and that it was so out of control and like nothing she's ever seen before and so bad that she had to make this insane deal out of it and therefore Kyle get caught in the crossfire. Like Rinna knows how bad things are with the sisters and how they are always walking on very thin ice and anything that rocks the boat ends up being Kyle's fault. Now, do I think that's right? No, I think that's just the dynamic of the relationship. And like I said before, anything that makes Kathy look bad in terms of the show, especially when it's one of Kyle's, quote, close friends, Kathy's going to blame on her because like when Kyle kept saying, why are you blaming me? Why are you blaming me? Kathy looks at Kyle as one with this show. Like it is Kyle's show. So when this shit goes down, she looks at Kyle and is like, hello, you run the show here. This is your thing. Like, why are you letting this happen to me? I think that that's true in terms of Kathy's viewpoint. I am struggling a little bit because I am unwilling myself to say that all of the blame is on Kyle because I don't feel that way. And No, me either. I want to go to what I thought was one of the most telling moments of the reunion. When Andy asked Kyle, were you upset with Lisa for bringing it on the show? And she's in hysterics. She takes a moment to catch her breath and she says, and we wrote this quote down verbatim, I feel very put in the middle of this whole situation. Obviously, my sister's my sister. My feelings were very hurt. I feel like I always get the blame for things in my family, like at Kimosabi, this and that. I didn't fucking do anything. And then when this whole thing came out, it just made it worse and set us back. And the only one who had hurt is me. I'm the one that gets fucked, fucked from you, fucked from her, her side of the family. It's everyone. And Andy then asks, but aren't you upset with Lisa for bringing it on the show? Garcelle reiterates that. And Kyle says, I'm upset I'm in this position because it came out, but I'm also upset with my sister because look where we are right now. And Kathy says, not good. In that moment, when Andy says, why aren't you upset with Lisa for bringing it on the show? I think that if Kyle would have taken that moment to say, I am, I am very upset with Lisa. And even if she then said the exact same thing she said of, I'm additionally upset because it hurts me, I think Kathy would have had a lot easier time forgiving her. I agree. What I felt I was struggling with watching this was like, I am not in the camp of believing that Kyle's pain is false. I know a lot of people think she's full of shit and that's 100% fine if you do. I don't. I think her pain is real and I can understand how upsetting it is. I think though- if you are going to 
go this deep in the upset with Kathy, you have to, for the sake of your relationship with your sister, publicly say, I'm really fucking pissed at Rinna. I think that was the only saving grace. No, I 100% agree. I don't want to be a Kyle apologist. I don't think she handled everything perfectly, but I think she was so fucking overwhelmed and caught in the middle of all this. And I just can't understand why she was having such a hard time. Like, just get rid of Rena. I'm sorry. I know they probably have a really nice friendship, but in that moment when I'm balancing my priorities and I understand Kathy does not treat her right and does not treat her as a sister should, you got to like say, Rena was objectively wrong for this. Why can't, why couldn't she come down on her? Why couldn't she just say point blank back to Andy's very clear cut question that they reiterated a couple of times? Yeah. I'm so upset that she brought this because she knows that I have a tumultuous relationship and she knows that this would somehow be linked to me and like I just – it was unnecessary. She should have dealt with this in private or not exaggerated it and not gone to the press. Like that's it. And I think you're right. Kathy I'm sure would have wanted more and more and more. Like it was never going to be enough. But that would have at least been like a direct line in the sand of like where I stand in defending your sister. So the flip side of that, which is I want to try to communicate a lot of what I've seen, which is a lot of people genuinely believe, and also because Kathy, from the comments that she's liked, believes this narrative, that basically Kyle is in celebration of Rena doing this because she on some level wants to take Kathy down and she likes being the reigning Richard sister. Now, if you believe that, whom the fuck am I to tell you that you're wrong? Because none of us know. I just don't because I think that Kathy being in deep shit is not good for Kyle either. I don't believe she feels that way. I do believe, I'll tell you, I'll put it like this. I do believe that when Rinna was going so hard on Kathy on social media, Kyle was more upset for herself than she was for Kathy. Absolutely. But I don't think that she gets pleasure out of it in the way that I think a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, in the way that I think some people do, which again, if that's your belief, I can't tell you that you're wrong because none of us know. That's just not the way that I view it. I also think Kyle really wants to avoid the conversation at all costs of of why do you let your sister treat you like that? Why do you let her walk all over you? Why do you let her do this and that? Because she doesn't want to address it. Like sometimes it just is the way it is and no one can understand family dynamics. No one can understand Kathy's personality or her relationship with Kyle the way that Kyle can. And I think shining this spotlight on it of the years and years of, you know, their ups and downs and how the dynamics of all the sisters work, like she doesn't want that. So at any point that she can pivot the conversation away from that of being like, why do you stay in this relationship? You know, it's almost like a, a toxic relationship. It's like, because we're sisters, like stop putting the spotlight. I take the brunt of it and I'm okay with that. Like just to keep the peace. And I don't think she wants to say that because that it opens a whole new can of worms, but it's just the truth. But again, like if that's the case, right? Like let's just say for a second for argument's sake that that is really where she stands in terms of how she wants this to be handled, then that would even give more fire to why she would be so pissed at Rinna. Because, okay, let me put it like this. This whole situation would be entirely different if Rinna said, I am so deeply personally hurt by what happened with Kathy? It was only her coming at me and I can't get past this. That's a different situation. Then that is solely Kathy and Rinna's argument. Rinna wasn't even conveying that she was upset on behalf of herself. She was upset on behalf of Kyle and their relationship, which if Kyle is so 
at all costs wanting to avoid their sister relationship being highlighted, then why wouldn't you be the most pissed, the most like overwhelmingly angry at the person that continues to put that in focus? Like that is why I was so confused because it wasn't like if, if Kyle answered Andy and said, yes, I am pissed at Rinna, that it would have invalidated Rinna because Rinna was never coming at it from the perspective of like, I am so deeply hurt. I can't move on with my life. She was repeatedly coming at it from the perspective of like, I am so appalled at the things she was saying about her sister. It's like, this actually has nothing to do with you. And you probably would have had a stronger argument if you led with it being at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but it, but also Kathy's meltdown wasn't like directed at Rinna. She was unloading on Rinna, but she wasn't calling Rinna names. She wasn't saying Rinna. That's what is- I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, so, okay, so you saw Kathy have a terrible meltdown and you are now saying you felt like you were fearing for yourself on top of feeling bad for your quote friend, Kyle, which now you are going around and making her life a whole hell of a lot harder. It's like, okay, the best comparison I can give is it's like you go to your friend and say your boyfriend or your girlfriend is cheating on you. Like they're a terrible person. And they say to you, look, I know I'm okay with it. I've moved on. Like I accept it or I know we have some really, like we have some sort of understanding and it's fine. Like, thank you for telling me, but we'll move on with our life. And they keep harping on it. And it's like, look, I told you like me and my significant other are okay. So why do you keep bringing it up? Like it's, it has nothing to do with you. If I'm happy, they're happy. Like we just, this is the way our relationship works. Stop meddling. That's like what exactly what it was. It's like Kyle and Kathy have a, a relationship. Maybe it's not what you would want with your sister or you wouldn't stand up for it, but that's just how things are. And that's how I keep the peace. Like leave it alone. Right. And that's why I'm saying like, even as us, from the perspective of the commentator, I always get so deeply uncomfortable when having to kind of analyze sibling dynamics because I know how complex it is and how much has gone into it in childhood and shit that we know nothing about. It's like, yeah, we've seen a couple seasons of a show, someone Kathy were mentioned, someone we've actually seen her in the flesh, but still like we do not have the authority or like the true knowledge to say anything. So even from that perspective, right? Like I get so uncomfortable when we have to do that. Meanwhile, here's Rinna, who is more than happy to fully insert herself to, when you really break it down, to kind of be the cause of all of this. And it it doesn't even seem to impact her in the slightest. And that's why I'm having such a hard time wrapping my head around this, because to me, it's like, how can you not witness what's going on and just fucking put your pride aside for one second? If we had the video footage or even the audio footage, this would be a different story, not even to verify the truth of it, but just to give us something. Look, I think Kathy showing up to the reunion said a lot because I think if it really was as bad as she remembered or thought it was, she would not have showed up. Like she would have said, fuck the show. I don't care. Like what? She doesn't she doesn't need like the bonus money that comes in the contract if you show up to the reunion. Like she really felt like she had points to prove and also that Rinna and Erica did things that were really wrong and she wanted to come and speak her mind. So like that to me made good TV because I think Kathy Hilton showing up to like shut it down is entertaining, but it was way more just uncomfortable and sad than it was entertaining when you like slice the pie. So I think on paper, it sounds like, oh my God, drama crazy, like obviously gave us so much. It gave us biggest bully in Hollywood and everybody knows it, but it like, I literally finished it feeling like Kyle did. Like, I can't even explain how much I felt exactly like Kyle. And it's just, it's so hard. I mean, 
going on the the he said she said do we want to talk about like how it went to hr and the whole kathy saying a slur yeah yes i one second i just want to backtrack on what you said i'm not even talking about the reunion i actually would argue that this scene between kathy and rena was the best tv that we've gotten out of post hearing about it but i'm saying like Remember a few episodes ago when Rinna was finally telling us all the, everything that went down in her confessional? And I remember you saying on the episode, like, you know, I know I was supposed to feel it and I just didn't. It's like all this shebang for a whole lot of nothing and then this like kind of good showdown at the reunion, but we still don't really know what we're talking about. That's what I'm referring to. Totally. Yeah, with this, with this, the slur situation. Again, it really is a she said, she said, and it's like comes down to who you believe. Well, what I think is interesting, whether she said it or not, that is what came out in real time right after they left Aspen. Like within the week that they were on the trip and they got home, it was everywhere in the blogs. It was on comments. It was on Twitter. It was everywhere. Like people kind of saying witnesses or this is what we heard or a source says. And I remember like that was the big takeaway was like, Kathy Hilton was running around saying these things and people knew it. So then to get to the reunion and Erica drop this bombshell, to me, it didn't feel like a bombshell because I was almost waiting for somebody to bring that up because that was like the headline of the story and Kathy leaving all those comments to Rick, like, come pick me up. Plus that was what I was waiting. I thought that was going to be in Rinna's recounting. So then Erica says it and says, no one else heard it. You said it just to me. All the other women say, I never heard that. I never heard that. Erica says, I heard it. How was it then all over the press months ago? How, who who said it? Uh, Rinna saying that TMZ called her and knows that something went down, but that seems like a pretty specific detail that if only Erica heard it, how was it everywhere within 24 hours after going down? That, exactly. And I don't know if when Erica said that, if she put two and two together, that that was a direct then, in my opinion, a direct then line to her because she literally said, no one else heard it. You said it just to me. Okay. Well, if she hypothetically said it just to you, then is it also fair that two days after Aspen or within the week of Aspen when it got out, it was also directly from you? I mean, listen, going back to the earlier, like what really went down, I think it was a mix. I think Kathy was definitely not her best that night. I don't know the extent to which she said, but I would be willing to bet a a large amount of money, in my opinion, that all of the leaks came directly from Rin and Erica or their people. Like, I feel that's one thing I I feel so confident in that. No, a a thousand million percent. Like, I would bet my life on that. And I think that wasn't addressed enough. Like they brought up the whole theory of Erica's publicist and Erica's, you know, Nikki has been represented by him for years. And Kathy's like, yeah, I don't think he did it. Like there's a million other people. There's the glam squads. There's people that will do the dirty work. There's people who don't care. Or by the way, I wouldn't put it past Erica and Rinna directly to just like spill. I think that's sort of like the name of the game. And Rinna Think about how worked up she is now, months and months after this went down. Imagine how she felt the week of and not letting the whole world see it. She probably was like bursting at the seams to let everybody know and want the whole world to know what the fuck she just experienced and what went down because it was so unbelievable. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. 
Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. When Andy said to Kathy, you know, Farrah's wedding is in the spring, like, and Kathy's like, good for her, I literally thought I was going to throw up. That is when it gets too real, and I hate it. And you know I have a thing about the sisters, and I I just, like, I felt Kyle adjust her stomach drop in that moment because Farrah and Paris are best friends, cousins, and for this to then like leak into real life shit. Like those are the moments where you're like, okay, this isn't just two housewives fighting. This is now a whole trickle effect. And Paris is on Twitter and Instagram, liking all these terrible comments about Kyle and it being a setup and how she's a terrible sister. Like it really does trickle down throughout the whole family. And it stays with them long after this reunion is over. Like we can wash our hands of it tonight and be done, but it's not done. No, but that brings me back to the million-dollar question of why are they doing this? I understand why everyone else on that stage, for the most part, is doing it. I don't understand, one, why Kathy Hilton would ever want to have any involvement. And I don't understand, at this point, this many seasons later, why Kyle still is. Like, I get when she signed up, but I think maybe a season ago, she could so easily have just washed her hands clean of this. Like, she doesn't need it anymore, you know? And I, I... I yeah. just don't – I don't get it. To me, there's nothing that is worth it because you're right. When Kathy responded in that way and it wasn't like an overwhelming, yes, of course we will be there. We wouldn't miss it for the world. It was like, yeah, and, and I'm very happy for her. It sent chills. That was like a, a chill-inducing moment for sure. I personally, if I'm Kyle or if I'm Kyle's – like if I'm Faye Resnick right now sitting with Kyle, I say leave the show. Like, I love Kyle, and I think she has brought so much to the show and has been such a like amazing core of the groups and understanding the show and whatever. But I think 
not necessarily her time is done, but like she's proven that she's the OG. She stayed it out. She stayed the course. She brought her both of her sisters in and out. She made a huge impact. And at this point, she and Mauricio are so set financially, fame-wise. They have fans, they have people who love them. You're good. You're done. You don't need to show up to these theme parties and fight and let it jeopardize your family and your sisters. And honestly, look, say what you want, whatever, with the Kyle and Kathy relationship. But I think that there is no stronger statement that Kyle could make to get her sister or both sisters back into her life than saying, this show has really ruined my family. And I'm now choosing being a housewife over having my sisters at my daughter's wedding. I'm done. Like to me, that is what Kathy is looking for. Some sort of bold statement like that. And I don't think it would be the worst thing. I mean, Kyle posted this whole Instagram. I thought when I started reading it, that it was her saying I'm done with the show. It just had the vibe of like, this was a terrible season. Like, I'm so glad for it to be over. We'll see what the future holds. And if I'm her, I'm just saying, let the mouse go. I, yes, me too. And I'm going to be very, very curious what's going to happen with that. I mean, you know, then it asks the question, okay, well, what happens hypothetically if Rinna were to leave the show, if Rinna and Erica were to leave the show, then does Kyle staying carry any more weight with Kathy in terms of it being more kosher. I don't know. To me, I'm like, for, even forget about Kathy for a second. Just generally speaking, you don't need this. Like, I think she has an opportunity to kind of gracefully bow out. And you know, the other thing that I kind of want to say, I know this wasn't the like main point of it, but to me, I'm looking at Kyle and I'm saying, Garcelle and Sutton, I believe are better friends to you than Rinna and Erica ever were and ever will be. And I think that if, hypothetically, if they could have the group of like, Kyle, Garcelle, Sutton, and Dorit, to me, I, I think that's would be a really, really strong crew. See, I think the crew you just said plus Crystal, because Crystal kind of rocks Kyle's boat a little bit, would be so interesting, plus like two or three new women to sort of like shake it up. Like that to me is a more interesting cast if we want to keep this core cast or – Maybe they keep Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal and base the cast around them and do a little bit of a whole shakeup revamp. I've also seen a lot of theories that I kind of believe that Denise Richards is going to come back. So I think if Kyle and Kathy get to a good place, we have them, we have Dorit as a friend of, we have Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal, and then we have Denise Richards, like maybe one or two other new women. That's that's a show. You know, I think Rin and Erica's time is certainly up, and I would not be surprised in the slightest if we hear soon or in a couple of months that they're out of there. I don't know about Erica. I almost I, – mm. I honestly have no idea. Like I'm entirely spitballing here, but I just want us to consider this for a second. Let's say, hypothetically, Rinna is out next season. Do you think there is a world in which Erica stays that she could have – not a redemption story. I think that that would, is a dramatic term. But do you think there could be a plot line almost about like Erica without Rinna and what that could possibly look like? Do, okay. But that question and also another question for you and for everyone listening, obviously, is like, do you think the audience would be okay with having Erica without Rinna? Meaning like, do you think they're only committed to them both not being on? Or do you think they could say, you know what, fine, we wanted them both off, but if I have to choose one, I'd rather have Erica stay on? Or you think it's the reverse? No, I think if you're taking a poll, everyone's voting Rinna off the island first. 
I just don't think it would work unless Erica brings on a friend because she doesn't have a great dynamic with the other women. I mean, you know, we've seen them trying to work it out with her and Sutton. I think now what she's done to Kyle, that's if they were on good terms, it could work. Like if Kyle's staying around, but she needs like an ally. She needs a friend. She needs someone who like actually is there and likes her. I think she's just an interesting character. And like people are so fascinated by her demeanor and her entire story because it's just so unbelievable at times, like all the time actually. So keeping up with her would be like intriguing to me. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the next year looks like with her, but I also think we've gotten like the meat of the situation. Like we sort of know how it's going to go. The future of the show is is really interesting right now. Like they have some serious decisions yeah. to make and the decisions that they make this next season are going to greatly impact the way that it's it's going to play out. I mean, I think we're looking in a, in a few years as like this is Garcelle's show and as it in my opinion as it should be. I cannot wait for that actually. I love her. I just like I can't stop thinking about Kyle and now the decision she's faced with and what I would say to her if I was a friend like Something I always think about and I say to everybody who's making big decisions, even though it's kind of morbid, is like a deathbed decision. Like what will you look back in like 50 years, whatever, and be like, I can't believe I did that. Like if in her life she looks back and is like, wow, I haven't had a relationship with my sister. She wasn't at any of my kids' weddings because I decided to stay on that show. It's like just don't. I just really – I just like I'm so upset with how this ended because I – wasn't sure. I thought maybe there could be resolve because I think Kathy was reasonable at moments. And I think she has the feeling in the back of her mind that like, yeah, it's my sister, but she also is really, really stubborn and really pissed. And I just, I don't know what that looks like from here. And I think she's going to be faced with a lot of heavy conversations. I mean, it showed them at BravoCon like hugging and being happy, but I think that they sometimes are able to like hug and kiss, but also be so mad at each other. So I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. I mean, Paris has been liking tweets and Kathy's been liking comments up until literally this morning that are not good and don't paint Kyle in a good light and kind of lump her together with Rinna. So I don't know how that looks. Yeah, I I, I don't know either. It's I agree with you about the deathbed thing, though. It's like you look back and the, there's just no way that all these years are, of fighting are worth it for what? I know. Dorit was just trying so hard the whole reunion to, like, defend the situation. Like, she would just be like, yeah, me too, me too. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. And I was like, Dorit, I love you so much, but it's just, like, not your time. Yeah. And remember Kyle flipped out at her, which I saw, like, everyone online is like, how is Kyle going to flip out at Dorit like that and, you know, never go Wait, out I don't think she flipped out. I didn't, I didn't view it as a flip out. I viewed it as, like, they are literally sisters. And in that moment, she was like, shut up. I didn't think it was that yeah. dramatic. Like, like it, just, it, it was like – it was like saying you're you're making it worse. Just stop. I love you. Like please butt out. Like, I know. That was like I, to me proving how close they are. Actually, I know. People are like, why didn't she forget on Rinna? To me, it was like totally different set of circumstances. Like totally. it was literally Dorit for that one tiny interaction that she was bothered by. But I I still stand by the thing of like if I'm her, I look at Rinna and I'm like, it's you. You got to just stop. And I think that would have solved so much. I agree. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is 
the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out because you know when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear and it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out, but One of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So the way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings onto us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. We also have to talk about Erica for a second with the whole Jack's conversation and just her drinking. I just don't know what else there is to say. Like she just sucks. She just fundamentally sucks and she does bad things, which, okay, people do bad things, but then she has no remorse for it. And she has such an inability to authentically apologize. And like, I'm just sorry for Garcelle and for her son that this had to take place. And I'm also sorry that it was at the hands of Erica, someone that you'll never actually get the reaction from that you're looking for. Her energy about this is the same as it's been about like the victims the whole time. She can't take responsibility for any of her actions or understand where anyone's coming from when they view them because if she didn't specifically go out of her way to mean something, it can't be true. And she can't 
wrap her head around the like how things come across and how she responds are important. And it's like the empathy chip, like where the fuck is it? No, it's it's totally missing. Also, Dorita's full of shit when she says I had a pit in my stomach. Like it, I, I oh saw, my I saw, god, the drama. Oh no, you didn't. Like you you didn't because that's just simply not how it went down. And I, yeah, <laughs> she was overcompensating a lot, saying like when we got in the car, I was mad at her, and I said after it was unacceptable. And I think like she just didn't realize how bad it was in the moment. Like, I think she just was like, oh my God, I cannot believe she said that. But it was like, okay, Garcelle gets your point. Like, you're not the one who did it, so it's not that bad. But you're also just a bystander then in the situation, which is like not not good. No, it wasn't good. I just wish she would have said, you know what? In the moment, I don't think I realized how bad it was and I reacted really inappropriately. And for that, I'm deeply sorry. Which like Kyle's reaction when she's talking about it with Mauricio before they had actually seen the clip was also terrible. And then when asked about it, I felt like she was like, yeah, that was terrible. Like there's no defending it. There's no, no defending it. I sometimes feel that Dorit has a hard time. Even we were saying this last week with the Crystal situation. Like just say, I am so sorry. That was- I fucked up. That was yeah. deeply fucked up, and what you had to witness to see that on TV must have been really heart wrenching. And I am so sorry. Like it, the apology comes, but there's so much defense that I almost think it takes away from it. And she's just lucky that it's Garcelle who gives grace, even when grace isn't necessarily deserved. Totally, because a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. Oh my God, Erica versus Kathy for that moment. <gasps> when Kathy's like, I have a lot more credibility than you. It's like, yeah. yeah. Erica is sitting there with a straight face saying, you know, I'm not a liar. I don't lie. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, do you know what's going on? Like, if someone told you or like even if things aren't true, like you just have so many things. And Kathy's like, well, I have a sterling reputation. And it's like I – that was – I was shook. The other thing that was wild is when we found out that Sutton is the one that texted Erica after the win. Yeah, you know what? Fucking respect Sutton. Okay, like that is that is a class act thing to do. Like she is the kind of person who will practice what you preach. Yeah, and but also so kind of like under the radar. Like no one knew that that happened. And I'm sure it was no. something that honestly Erica really appreciated. Because if it was like Rena, she would have posted a screenshot of the text. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I don't even know if my feelings will change after recording this. I I have just have to be done. I I have to be done with the season. It was so deeply hard to watch at times, and I think we all need a breather. I feel like makeup in general, and specifically a daily makeup routine, is so personal, and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science: what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like. Where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me, on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup. But my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be, are mascara and lip gloss. Maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which 
I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer, dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer, dryer is like, hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. You know, we talk about fourth wall breaks relatively often, just in terms of how much we enjoy it and how much we think it adds to a show. But I don't know if we've ever had a person break the fourth wall and then actively comment on breaking the fourth wall while they do it in the way that Candace said, and don't cut out none of my fourth wall, none of it. I want it all in there. To me, that was heaven. Is there a fifth wall? Like I kind of felt like there was a fifth (laughs) wall break there. But to me, this fourth wall break came so out of left field because I think for the past couple of years, especially the producers on all of the city franchises have really milked these for everything they're worth. Like they're in the trailers, they're in the coming soon, they're in everything like we know about it. So this one really came out of left fucking field and it was a good one. Like I can't explain it. It was so different than like Wendy's hot mic moment later on in the episode, let's say. It was a conversation that was so a part of the storyline and it wasn't just like caught on camera and I understand why Candace wanted it to be included and I'm so glad she left it in or requested to leave it in because it felt like we wouldn't have gotten the whole piece of the puzzle if it wasn't there. No, but also I think that it gives us such a better understanding of the way that they view how the show works. Mm -hmm. You know, like she's basically saying, I see what's going on here and there is no way that this was about to happen. And listen, I I don't know. People I'm sure have conflicting opinions on this. And I think that it's definitely territory you have to navigate carefully because in 99% of scenarios, I will always say, if a woman says she feels uncomfortable, you believe her. And it's not to say that I don't believe Giselle felt uncomfortable, but when she explains it, she explicitly says, Chris did nothing to make me feel uncomfortable. He didn't touch me. He didn't say anything. It was the general idea of being in a room with Chris or any other married man with the door closed that she didn't like the optics of. And I think that that's a very, very important clarification. It's not him necessarily. It was the situation. 
Right. And also because Ashley opened this door about feeling uncomfortable by Chris, Giselle sees that opportunity to say, yeah, well, he's also made me feel uncomfortable. You know, I think Giselle is always thinking about stirring the pot, starting a plot line. And this was like the perfect opportunity. And I think that's how Robin was feeling as well. And it was it was such a hard thing for me to digest because I had not seen this coming at all. We usually are so kind of opposite of whatever Candace is feeling. Like I usually am not aligned with her gut reactions to things. And Giselle and Robin not being on the same page. And that our usual first instinct is always like believe women, whatever she says is 100% the truth and valid and whatever. So all of those things combine really threw me for a fucking loop this week. Right. And that's kind of exactly how I feel in that you can totally believe that her description of uncomfortability and feelings of uncomfortability is totally valid. And then at the same time, believe it was kind of a large mischaracterization of what happened. Because once Karen starts pressing her and says, did he touch you? Did he say anything to make you feel uncomfortable? Did he do anything to make you feel uncomfortable? Her answer is overwhelmingly no. It's about the specific circumstance. So it really wasn't about Chris. It was you take the place of any married man in Chris's position and Giselle would have felt uncomfortable by the optics, which as a woman who has been cheated on, I can understand how she got there. I think there was a way to describe that without you know, initially making Chris look so bad for something that once she explained it, he didn't even do. Yeah. I think in the beginning, she was definitely intimating it that there was more and that it was just like, such a wrong thing for him to do. But to me, what speaks the most volumes about the entire situation is like she waited months between when this happened. They keep saying when we were in New Jersey, obviously it's when they were filming the reunion from last season. She waited all these months. And then what, the first week that they're filming, she decides to have this sit down with Candace and bring it up. Again, I think the catalyst was 100% Ashley in the DMs, which we can also discuss a little bit. But it just felt like that is so performative. Like you can, we can see right through that. I actually do want to talk about the Ashley DM situation for a second here because tell me what you think. To me, I felt in her initial recounting of it before she knew the context with him being the manager of the W, I think that she did find it a little bit strange and was kind of doing what she believed to be the girl's girl thing of telling Candace. Because I think once it was explained to her, she kind of got it. Like, I genuinely yeah. believe she didn't understand that context. How did you feel? I think Candace was like a little bit wary because of how their relationship has been so far. So when Ashley came to her and said that, she was like, oh, are you trying to do basically what Giselle ends up doing is like make my husband look bad and make a mountain out of a molehill. I think Ashley genuinely was coming from a place of like, I want my relationship with Candace to work. I don't want to have some weird secret and I want this to all be out on the table. I don't think she necessarily took it in such a like flirty, weird way, but it could have been perceived that way. And I think she just wanted to sort of keep a clean slate. And I think after both of them heard each other's side and understood the situation, they got it. Like they were seeing eye to eye on this. It was actually a good thing for the relationship. And I also think on top of it, this Giselle situation is going to make Candace appreciate Ashley more and Ashley like look better in a way, you know, like that she just came to her. They talked it out. She said, oh, he's the manager there. He was just replying to my story. He didn't just DM me, like slide in the DMs. He replied to my story after we were at a party together. 
saying, oh, you should have come by the W, aka the bar that he's managing with her friend or with whatever castmate she was with. And that was it. There was nothing more to it. I also think something to really consider in this is that Ashley, to a certain extent, her experiences are through the lens of someone who was married or I guess currently is married to a very shady guy who has factually cheated on her and engaged in some really mischievous activity with other women. So naturally, I think that she is. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I think naturally she is going to have a little bit of a different time receiving that than someone who maybe isn't even thinking in that way. But you know, she was married to Michael Darby for a lot of years. So I guess she's conditioned in some way to think that way. I don't know. It could be a yeah. very naive understanding of the entire thing. I, I truly don't believe in my gut that she had bad intentions when she said that to Candace. And I would be lying to you if I said that I felt Giselle's intentions were as pure for multiple things that you mentioned. The time frame of waiting until they were first on camera. And then also for how honest she was in the recounting of it that he did not do anything factually right i mean i i do get on the flip side like her wanting to get it off her chest that that was a feeling she had a couple of months ago it just didn't need to be this whole dramatic sit down and to kind of loop it in and pile on on top of what went on with ashley it just felt like she was really cashing in on that situation and i think candace looking at all of this which is what i personally felt as a viewer and i think robin really felt was like chris to her is this really trustworthy guy. She has nothing to worry about. She doesn't ever feel like he's, you know, going out, stepping out on her and nothing weird. And that he genuinely views all these women as like his friends too. And they have this all connection because they film together. They go through all this crazy shit together. And he feels like he has a nice relationship with them. You know, like it's the way I feel about some of my friends, boyfriends and fiancés. Like I have such a nice close relationship to them one-on-one. And I think it's almost like sad for Chris that he was like, wait, I thought Giselle and I like had a nice friendship. You know, it it should almost be that they're allowed just because they're a man and a woman. Why can't they have a conversation or why can't they, you know, say, Hey, you should have come to my bar. Like it, it, it sets this wall up that he was not aware was there. Right. I think that's a fair point. And I do think that there's something to be said in terms of people receiving it based on their own experiences. Of course, you know, it's hard to draw comparisons, but like I feel like you and I talk about this a lot with our parents, that our parents are so close with their other, you know, couple friends, both the men and the women, that it wouldn't even occur to me in my mind (laughs) that anything would even potentially be going on. So I don't view this in my mind when someone just explained it to me before Giselle describes being uncomfortable. If I were to just hear that they were having a conversation in a closed hotel room, my mind wouldn't go there because... I feel that I've seen a lot of situations that maybe if you have that lens, you could view it that way, but I just don't. But Giselle is coming from the place of having been with a man that was cheating on her and was very untrustworthy, and she has her guard up in that way. So it's not wrong that she felt that way. It's more so the way that she described it was maybe a little bit careless in terms of if you're really his friend or Candace's friend, you want to be able to protect their character while still voicing your feelings. Right. Totally. It's a really like complicated situation. And I know for sure it's not going to die down. And Candace is not backing down on this because I think she feels really personally hurt and kind of attacked that this all went down this way and really started off the season with a bang and completely unexpected on her and Chris's end. So I don't know. I'm curious to see. But can I pivot for one second? Because Mm. 
I am loving where Karen Huger is sitting this season so far. I know we're only a couple episodes in, but like she's not involved in any of the drama. She's just being funny and having fucking Giselle Bryant over solo at her house to like be funny and let her show her the dance moves they learned at the TikTok class. And just like, she's being so grand dumb. I can't explain it, but she's sort of like just there overseeing and leaning in. No, I, I very much agree. It's, it feels very fitting for the way that she has always described herself and I think viewed herself and the way that I have viewed her. It almost makes more sense for her to be above it all. And that's the way so far that she is. Of course, that'll change. Of course, she'll get in some stuff, but it does almost feel like she's in a league of her own. I mean, I think with Charisse, the waters will get muddied because she really doesn't like her and that stirs up some old shit. But I don't know. Overall, I feel like she's not in the center of any drama. And I think she's on good terms with basically everyone. And I'm having so much fun anytime she pops on my screen. And her and Giselle together, forget whatever Giselle was saying. And I think Karen kind of was giving her almost motherly advice in a way and was seeing things from an outsider perspective. But just seeing the two of them together getting along and laughing and their explanations of each other of like, Karen loves me was making me just the happiest person. That confessional was actually really important because if you take all the bullshit aside, that's what we've always said, that deep down they do love each other. And for Giselle to say, Karen loves me and I love how she loves me. Yeah. <laughs> like, call me crazy. That was kind of special. No, it was it was very special. I think they just respect each other. Like they respect the game. They respect their characters. They respect the hustle. And that's very important. And I think that will never go away unless something terrible happened. You know, like their fights have always been so perfectly surface level. The other thing we have to talk about is Robin and Juan with this prenup conversation because oh my God. it's so frustrating, I think, if I'm Robin to explain something and be met with such confusion and such an overreaction to then have it explained back to me in his terms exactly what I said. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I really like Juan genuinely, but I find that he is slightly dismissive in moments of conflict. And maybe that's just because there's a film crew around, but it's something that I guess I respond to like personally, because that's something that I don't do well with in my own like romantic relationships. So I think I feel for Robin, although it seems to just kind of be their communication style. What do you think? I don't know. I, I never know what to make of them. I think that they're such best friends. I think they've known each other since they were so young and they grew up and have been through so much together that aside from their romantic relationship, they really are like friends that bicker and talk in a certain way. And like they have this understanding of each other and this comfortability that is really rare. And I think sometimes it's like so special and incredible and sparkly and amazing. And sometimes it's like very mundane and it comes down to shit like this and you really feel it. Like it's funny because Robin, I think really came to play this episode, the last couple episodes, like she fucking showed up for work. She was voicing her opinions. She was going against Giselle. Like I felt like I almost was seeing a side of Robin that I hadn't seen before. And I think that kind of carried over in this conversation with Juan. Okay, I very much feel that way also. And I wonder if that's because with the Chris Bassett thing, this is really how she feels, which I think it is, of course, and saying she would have done that anyway. But also, I do wonder if being kind of conscious of not being considered like Giselle's sidekick is something that's now in her mind because I felt that was very hyper-present last season. 
Yeah, but I don't think she would like purposely take a different side just to be like, oh, this is my opportunity to show I'm not Giselle's minion. I think she genuinely felt the way that like she felt and that we felt and what she was saying was completely true. And I think it's easier because she feels comfortable saying it to Giselle's face. She's not scared of Giselle in that way. You know, like I think we sometimes think that the power dynamic is very like Giselle has the upper hand, but it's very much an equal friendship. Oh, totally. And with the Cress Bassa thing, that's what I'm saying. I think that this is exactly how she feels and she would have said it regardless. I'm saying I just happen to wonder as the show continues to film if she has that in her mind because that was something – I mean, it's been said forever, but I think specifically last season that was really voiced. And, you know, yeah, they're real friends in real life, but they're also conscious of being on a show and they're conscious of the feedback and what the fans are saying. So I just wonder if that exists anywhere in her mind and we'll see that come to play a little bit more yeah. Well, Karen made so what was who asked her about like, oh, you think the green eyed bandits the producer, the producer when she was like, Do you think that there's cracks in the foundation of the green eyed bandits or something like that? And she was like, I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. And like I feel genuinely Karen has nothing to gain or lose from them being friends or not. Like I don't think she's like dying for Giselle's friendship enough that it would be beneficial for Robin and Giselle to crack and break off. Like maybe they're clicky, but that's just like that's just the name of the game so I think that's a true read from Karen like I think she really is seeing what's going on here but it's like to me them disagreeing on this doesn't need to be a crack in the foundation I think it's just like the acknowledgement of like hey we're allowed to have different opinions we can still be best friends we can still do things with other people be friends with people that the other one doesn't like and that's maybe where the crack will come is like approaching those conversations yeah, I think so too. And also if we look at, you know, the best friendships across all franchises, I would always put Robin and Giselle in the category of the authentic ones. So I believe if they do end up having issues, it will be authentic issues and not ones for the show. You know, yes. like these are not the two people that are going to fight for a storyline. That's just, that's not going to happen. They also, by the way, let's not forget, have a podcast together. That's a huge source of their business. Right. I know that's what makes me so nervous is when they like actually go into businesses together it's like, now what? You know? Yeah. But it's that's what I'm saying. It's I would be floored if anything substantial actually lasted. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we gotta talk about Wendy's hot mic moment for a second. Okay. What do you think? I think in that conversation at the dance class between Robin and Wendy, Robin did come at her kind of hot. And I honestly think it just comes from the fact that she doesn't really like Wendy. She's not a huge fan of her, and you see it come out in that way. And so if in terms of the actual conversation, if I'm Wendy, I agree that the way Robin presented the information to Mia was factually wrong and Wendy was kind of defending that. If I'm Robin and I'm watching that go down, I feel so deeply vindicated because the exact thing that you're accusing me of is the exact same thing that you did. The only difference is that Wendy didn't say it to Mia's face. Which, which is worse. Right. Like it depends how you look at it, because I think Wendy would make the argument of, yeah, but my delivery towards her was more gentle, whereas Robin's like, yeah, but I'm just more real. Right. I know. It was like such a good hot mic moment because it was such a contrast between what Wendy literally just said like 30 seconds before. You know, it wasn't like days or weeks or months. It was like she said all she needed to say, walked out the door and then said the opposite to the producer and was like, oh, yeah, we all know she's lying. So it's right. like, well, that just makes you look like you have a character going on in the show and that you're very cautious of like what you're saying on camera versus off and not expressing actually how you feel. Now, like what you're saying is it's a sensitive topic and I think she wanted to be 
you know, careful about Mia's emotions and sort of approach it softly. And that is totally fair. But like she was going so hard at Robin for even insinuating that Mia would lie about something like this and then turns around and is like, yeah, it's actually how I feel too. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I actually don't think she's wrong for not saying it to Mia's face because I do agree. You just don't really say that. I think she's wrong for going so hard about Robin if that's how she actually felt also. It's like there's yeah. a million other battles you can fight. Why's Why's it got to be one that you actually agree with secretly? I think Wendy felt she was better because she came from like a loving place and didn't hurt Mia's feelings. And I think Robin thought she was better because she wants to catch Wendy in a lie. Like she doesn't like Wendy. And I think she feels that Wendy has a phony side to her. So she was like excited to call her out about that. And I don't know. I I think she's like, if I'm Robin, I'm watching this like screener the day or two before. And I'm like, let's fucking film the reunion tomorrow. Like she's, it sucks because she has a couple months before they get to sit down, but God, she's probably like vindicated as hell. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like that is best case scenario if you're Robin, which can I be honest with you? I am shocked that more hot mic moments don't happen. I know. I mean, maybe they're just not things that are interesting enough or they don't want the whole show to become about like what we caught them saying off air because the whole point is like on air quote or off air quote should be the same, which is obviously not the case, but it should be. And that's like kind of the, you know, smoke and mirrors we're supposed to believe. But also I think people are very, very cautiously aware that they're mic'd when they're mic'd. And that was like a moment that Wendy had where she was like, oh shit. May I bring you back to one of the most famous hot mic moments in all of Housewives history? Do you want to take a guess? You know what I'm thinking? Elisa Barlow? No. Think way back. Leanne Locken? No. They're just hands. Joe fucking Judice in Italy oh, on the phone saying- Oh, my bitch wife. Here comes my bitch wife. Yep. <gasps> that is one of the most famous ones. Yeah. And I felt me. so bad because she had to answer for it a million times. Like I'm pretty sure even in their interview after they both got out of jail, Andy was asking about that. Yeah. Well, because it was so unbelievable that Teresa heard that yeah. the way that we all did. And there was really no denying what was going on. But she was, for a period of time there, she was so committed to just sticking by his side. And mm. I don't love Louie, but he's better than Joe Judice. Yeah, you're so right. There's been a lot of good hot mic moments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a list of the best hot mic moments, actually. I was going to say, can we do that on a story? I feel like that would yeah. be a fun activity. Yes. <laughs> I got to tell you. I have nothing to say about Salt Lake City this week. I feel so relieved that you just said that. I was like genuinely (laughs) going to come with like a full prep thing because when I saw the outline, I saw that there were no's. I I have nothing to contribute to this. Like to me, this moved the plot along 0%. (laughs) Angie is a stranger to me. Like you're just not going to get me to be super invested with this story about the potential courtside conversation that took place. Like I just – I believe Heather and that's all there is. I know. That's really – that's pretty much it. And it's also just so wild of an experience to watch Jen Shaw like doing her mock trial and just consistently talking and everything about her innocence like with the knowledge we know now. Like it's not something I think I could ever get used to. No, I know. The whole thing is very surreal to witness. I Listen, <laughs> you know how I feel about Salt Lake City. I love it. I just thought this was like an episode that pretty much could have not existed. Yeah, it was a filler and it got us from point A to point B. Hopefully next week will be more interesting. Yeah, totally. 
Anything else you would like to add? I think that's it. Okay, I think that's it as well. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.